Hi, I'm Tuha and this is a podcast about flexible working. My guests every week share how they work flexibly and make it work. By sharing these stories, we hope to empower others start their journey to flexible working. Likewise, those already working flexibly will find these stories as inspiring too. Enjoy listening. This week's guest started as a brand manager at Kimberly Clark and now freelances as a crowdfunding consultant, as well as hearing about how he works flexibly today. I thought it would be great to hear about what crowdfunding is. Hola, Adria Tolida. Did I say it right? <laughs> yeah, that was very convincing. Thank you very much. Hola, Tuha. Como okay. estas? Um, estoy muy bien. Yo también, gracias. Really pleased to be here in your podcast today. <laughs> oh no, thanks for being here. So, explain to everybody what you do. So, I am a crowdfunding consultant. So, basically, I help people that want to do a crowdfunding campaign to build their strategy and their plans to be successful, you know. There's this idea, and we can go into details if you want, as much as you want, but there's this idea that you just put your crowdfunding campaign in Kickstarter or Windigogo or Crowdcube, and you just put it there, it will magically fund. And it's not the case at all. It's quite hard work doing a crowdfunding campaign. So because I've done it before a few times already now, I can really help people with their campaigns. Brilliant. And how, how do you work flexibly then? So basically, yeah, I'm part of working flexible is, is a choice because, you know, I've got two young children. I am divorced now. So, so you know, we have alternate weeks and all that. Really, a nine-to-five work within work for me. Within a job, nine-to-five wouldn't really work. Um, it's tricky, and I'm not going to deny it. And, you know, and we can talk in detail as well my journey on how I got into being where I am now. Uh, but basically, you know, one thing that's worked very well for me is having a space, a co-working space to come, co-tribe. That's how we that's met. That's how we met, yeah. Um, and yes, and, and also, you know, being quite strict, you know, putting boundaries I'm a big fan of, well, two tools I use quite a lot. One is uh, time blocking. So basically with, it's not a rocket science really, but just basically with a calendar and I use Google Calendar. Just being very strict and blocking time, chunks of time to do things and even blocking free time, blocking t- time for, 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 you know, emergencies and stuff. Um, and the weeks I have the girls, I know that, you know, it is what it is and then the other time I have, but I block it very consciously. The other tool that's been quite, that's looking forward, if you look backwards, if you want, the other tool I've used a lot is Toggle, which is a tool to track your time. So it's, it's quite minimalist as a tool. You just press play and you have projects. Well, you have actually clients first and within those clients, different projects. And you can assign time to those clients and projects. And that allows you to report how you spend your time in the past. Oh, wow. And it's so revealing, you know, and how you're using your time and how ineffective you are um you need to be quite strict on using that too because otherwise it's useless if you don't track it quite strictly then you know the information you get is not as good but it made me realize for example how much time i was wasting with one of my startups for example i do have i have had startups on the site and i'm now focusing on on crowdfunding but you know how much time i was using it and not in the best way either you know within that startup not using the best Mm. time the the time uh, adding value really you know yeah so how often do you review that toggle data 
I should be a bit more strict on how I review them. Uh, it's been more ad hoc when I've been curious, like, oh dear, how much time and how I spend with this client. It's like, oh, already 30 hours and they only pay me for 12, really. So, you know, it's like yeah. I'm massively over-serving now, for example, you know. Or, you know, as I said, you know, when, when I wanted to, you know, discuss with my partner my exit from my first startup, then, you know, it was a matter of, you know, look, I spent this many hours and I think I deserve this percentage of the company, etc., etc. Mm. So it's been quite useful. Yeah. That time. And it's factual, you know, there's no discussion there. There's no emotion, you know, because mm. that conversation could have got a very emotional at one yeah. point, you know, and saying, oh, you know, right. uh, you're not dedicating enough time to the, to the yeah. staff. Look, I've been tracking it. Look, those are the hours I've done, full stop, you know, and I can give you exactly, you know, where I was mm. on this day doing work for the startup, you know. So so that, that's been really useful to take out that emotion out of that yeah. conversation. That's really that's good to know. And I guess that's one of the pitfalls of freelancing, that you do have to manage your time very well and you have to make sure that every minute counts, especially if you can't do nine to five. Absolutely, well. yeah, yeah. I have to be very, very strict because mm. of my arrangement with my ex-wife on yeah. how... I didn't want to be a hands-off parent, you know, or the funny dad that the girls see on the weekend. I wanted to be really involved in their education. But that choice comes with consequences, really. And the consequence was that, you know, I wouldn't be able to spend as much time on my companies as I would like to. So, so yeah. So do you do generally nine to five when you don't have the children? And then when you do have the children, you do pick-ups, drop-offs? Yes, yes, yes. I do pick-ups and drop-offs when I have the children. Sometimes I'm guilty of putting them in front of the TV and letting them watch. <laughs> I think everybody does that. <laughs> <laughs> letting they wait them watch really awful YouTube videos <laughs> that, that people put up there. Oh, they there. love the ones where they're opening Kinder Eggs. Yeah, and, um, my one seemed to be, well, there, there was a big phase on okay. on. Slime, for slime. example, slime making <laughs> was terrible, and now now it's another phase of you know these these kids that are just playing and in their house like why don't you go and play yourself rather than watching other kids play? Yeah. You know? Anyway, um, I'm guilty of doing that sometimes, not always, but sometimes if it's a nice day, we'll go to a park or something. Mm. Um, but then yeah, the, the days I don't have them, I just make the most of it, and and you know even weekends, you know if I don't have massive plans, I'll be working, getting ahead of myself. Wow. I'm doing quite a lot of courses, of crowdfunding courses for yeah. for a friend of mine that has a, an academy in Spain and he's paying me to do some of the courses in the academy um, for him. So, for example, on a weekend I will just come down to Co-Tribe if I don't have the girls and record three, four lessons, getting ahead of myself a few weeks ahead because that's a release every week of those episodes. Mm-hmm. So, so I'll get ahead of myself and, and doing over the weekend. So, yeah, wow. it's a bit, you know, working in between the girls almost. Yes. Oh, okay. Mm. That's good. And then in terms of crowdfunding, how did you get into it? It's a good story, yeah. I mean, I decided it was back end of 2017 to go solo um, and to to start, um, you know, freelancing. Um, And I was doing two things at the time. One was uh, with a friend we started a brewery. And the other one was trying to sell my services as a, as a marketing consultant, quite generic, you know. And the irony was that, you know, I was recommending my clients to be very specific and go to their niche and listen to their audiences and, you know, and, and, and all that. And I wasn't doing it myself <laughs> for me, you know. Uh, it's quite ironic that. Um, so, so when I exhausted my pool of friends and family and connections on LinkedIn and you name it, you know, of, of, of projects I could do with, 
And after an initial sort of feast, the famine came quite quickly, you know. Um, and yes, um, and all that, you know, while I was trying to get this um, brewery out of the ground, you know, up, up the ground, um, we decided to do a crowdfunding consultant, uh, crowdfunding campaign, sorry, um, for that brewery. Mm. And it went really well. I mean, we learned the hard way, and there are things that are almost make me cringe when I look back at that campaign. But we got to our objective, um, and I learned a lot on that process. And I, I was at the time as well, and even now, uh, volunteering for a local cafe mm. in Merstham, a uh, community cafe. And I thought, well, you know, what we've done with the brewery could be quite transferable to the, to the cafe. We need money to get, out, to get it out of the ground. We want to do extend the opening hours, and we need money for, the, for, 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 for people empl to employ more people. We want to do courses, and we would like the courses to be free, but to pay the people that teach the courses. So we needed money at that point. Um, and I thought, yeah, crowdfunding, why not? And, and I did my second crowdfunding campaign with all the things that I have learned from my first one. And yeah, just people naturally started asking me, how do you crowdfund? You've been successful twice. Um, and that was my niche then, you know, I, I almost yeah. fell on my lap yeah. by the things I was doing on the side. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so far so good. That was March, the second one was March, uh, just over a year now, March, March 2018. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it seems then I've decided to focus on that. Um, it's funny how, you know, being quite focused on your communications will bring other opportunities that perhaps don't have much to do with your main oh, okay. communication. But, you know, since then, I've been learning a lot on, of the different types of crowdfunding. Yeah. There are different types of crowdfunding. So uh, the two of them that I've done are rewards-based crowdfunding. Mm -hmm. So basically, you tell people, give me money and I'll give you a reward in exchange for your money. Mm. But there's also, for example, equity crowdfunding in which startups can say, look, invest in our company. You know, if you give me money, you will be a part owner of our new company. Um, so, so as well, you know, I've, I've been working with quite a lot of equity crowdfunding campaigns. And based on that, I've been learning a lot about investing, I've been learning about business angels, about uh, mm. venture capital and all that. So, you know, even though I'm quite specific, you know, on my social media, on my blog posts and all that, talking only about crowdfunding, you get leads and you think, well, you're not right for crowdfunding yet, but I think I can help you fund finding you mm. some business angels, for yeah. example. So I've done it a couple of times doing things like that, you know. So it, it's funny how it's very scary to niche down, very, very scary, because you think I'm going to be losing opportunities here and there, and people that I could be working, I will have to say no. But funnily enough, it opens this massive uh, opportunity in front of you, because, you know, the, the, the subject is complex enough, you know, to never run out of blog posts or uh, talks to give for whatever you want to do, you know, content yeah. that, that you can be churning yeah. and, and that you can be talking about. Um, and yeah, people come to you for something yeah. quite specific, but with all the baggage I have on marketing and social media management, on you name it, you know, I've been yeah. in FMCG, I've been in charities, I've been in higher education. You can help them in a very, very kind of holistic way. Oh, brilliant. <clears throat> and this is why you got invited to do a talk over in Seville. What was I the was, talk yeah, about? yeah, it was about equity for crowdfunding. Brilliant. <laughs> so, so there is this guy, in, well, I'm, I'm from Barcelona originally, so speak decent Spanish, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and, and this guy, you know, uh, you know I, I was quite, quite cheeky at the beginning, you know, he has a podcast with three or 
I think it's now 5,000 listeners, you know. That's a lot. A mm. Daily podcast as well. <laughs> oh, daily. Wow. And it's daily as well. So, so you know, he's got <laughs> basically now 100 and odd episodes. So he's Brilliant. got millions yeah. of, of listens already. Um, and, you know, this guy, I said, you know, quite cheekily, I said, um, look, I, I know a thing or two about equity crowdfunding, thinking about his audience, his his, his podcast is about accelerators and all the techniques that mm. um, a company accelerators, startup accelerators use. Um, I think it would be quite relevant for your audience. Um, do you want me to be your guest? And I was his guest on his podcast on New Year's Eve. Uh, no, no, no New Year's. It was uh, Christmas. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, exactly. <laughs> um, and then since then, you know, we, we've built a relationship. Yeah. He's passed me some leads. Um, haven't worked with any of his leads yet, but mm. you know, probably I, I will in the future mm. because it's a kind of a slow burn, the crowdfunding thing. But then, you know, he said, oh, I'm putting together this event. It's the fifth edition already. It's in Seville. Do you want to come? And I checked the, the, um, the, the flight. It was like, bloody hell, it's really expensive. It was also the, the start of, of a local um, party, La Feria de Abril, uh, which is massive. Mm. So, so the hotels and the flight were ridiculously expensive. I said... I cannot really afford to come round. They said, no, don't worry, we'll pay for everything. So they're like, yeah, I'm in, definitely, yeah. What an experience. <laughs> so, that so must have been a, really a great experience. experience. Yeah, it was a great opportunity to talk in front of 300 people, yeah. exactly the target audience that I'm yeah. targeting. Um, they can see you as an expert. They can trust you and, and then, you know, build those mm. relationships and who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. And if anything, you know, just build that relationship with this guy, which is yeah. becoming a bit of an influencer in Spain, in the area I want to be playing in and startups and all that. Yeah. So, so you know, it's, it's always good. So I would, as, as a personal recommendation, I would say, say yes to everything that aligns with your objectives. Okay. And this pretty much aligned to my objective and it's a hell yes. Mm. But you know you get you have to be quite selective on the things yeah. that you say no as well. Oh, you know, and, and and you need to think about where do I want to go? Where do I want to be in a year or two? Is that taking yeah. me that direction? Okay. And if it's not, it's a no. But if it's yes, it's mm. a hell yes. Yeah, and you've brought up a few points that um, rings true. I've had a few conversations recently, so you've echoed quite a lot of what other people have said. So. Um, I love how you just messaged this guy and said, look, I can, um, I've got content to share with you on your podcast. Uh, and I went to a networking event and this girl said, oh, um, when I went freelancing, it took me a while, but I had to find my niche and I eventually found it. And she worked in, uh, she works in property investment mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, she, she niched down and the way she shoes her way in was that she said to potential clients not really knowing if she would get any work just said look these are the five things that i could do for you for free and it was just a way a shoe in really so it's Absolutely, so you've basically yeah. done that um but also i like how you said oh it, you exhausted your your family your linkedin yes uh network as it were i feel like i've i'm at that point too so yeah, I'm gonna take a leaf out of your out of your book and and um, absolutely try and yeah. find my niche and I mean, yeah. Well, what I would recommend you is just think about you know the work you've done so far. Mm. Are there any 
common threads? Are there anything? You know, is it an industry or is it a specialty? You know, within yeah. the PPC world, yeah. which are, which is huge, and then it could be yes. you know that. Yeah. So 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 you know, see what are the common threads there, and then for me it was you know having done two crowdfunding campaigns, mm. and you know, and knowing a thing or two. At the end of the day, a marketing campaign is, uh, sorry, a crowdfunding campaign mm. is a marketing campaign mm-hmm. on steroids, really. Because, you know, that that's what you're doing. You know, there's yeah. a lot of marketing involved yeah. in it. There's Facebook ads that can play in it. Mm. There are, you know, all the communications on the social media, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, if you can find any common threads on the things that you've done mm. so far, that will help you, you know, start to niche down yeah. and start, you know. And it's, it's quite normal, you know, start broad and you, you okay. need to figure it out yeah. where, where, where the demand is. and Got to test the waters. And exactly. In some ways, what I like about freelancing is I can test lots of different things. Yeah. And I love learning, so it's quite, it's good to dabble in a few things. Yes, yeah, so one of the things we were talking about earlier was that I thought I was quite picky mm-hmm. about who I work with. Yeah. But perhaps when you're niching... That that's the whole point because I there's some there's some proposals where I've been asked to um, work on where the budgets are tiny but in terms of my time and effort mm. to actually get it going and put best practice in um, it would take a lot. I mean, have you? What's your experience with? Well, for me, it's a, it's a balancing act, isn't it? It's always a balancing act. But my two things I would say was one, you know being very specific on your communications will help you a lot and you know if you think about imagine you had a hard problem you know and uh, you have two options to be operated there's some uh, general practitioner GP that you know that knows about hearts and stuff but you know never done it or the best heart surgeon in the world you know you you wouldn't have any doubt on that yeah yeah so it's a bit the same you know if, if you are the best in what you do even if it's quite niche people will come to you because yeah. you are the expert, you yeah. know. Um, that, that's one thing. And the second thing is that you need to find that balance in terms of, you know, the time that you're putting and the amount yeah. that you, you are able to charge for it. And I'm still dabbling with it in, in the model that I'm following mm. for, for, for my consultancies because, you know, as I, said, I was saying, you know, I was putting a very real example before when I said the 30 hours on a client that tell me for 12 because it's something I noticed today, you know. Been working with them since January, I think, gosh, you know, I've, I've been working quite a lot with them, you know, and, and, and just reported on Toggle and said, whoa, 30 hours. Then my price per hour, it's a bargain, really. It's a, it's a bloody bargain. Um, so, so yes, it, it is a balance and it's tricky and mm. you figure it out with time. But, you know, what I'm trying to say is that probably you need to, to, to find a model that's kind of sustainable on that side. Mm-hmm was niching down at the same time. Yeah. So it's, 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 yeah. it's a juggling act with few balls in the air, but, but I'm sure you'll be able to maintain them. And also, I like how earlier you said that you were aiming one type of customer and it was surprising how you picked up other work Absolutely, even though yeah, you were yeah. aiming for that um, type of customer. And that completely echoes... Um, so I did an interview with Frank Sinclair, who's a mm. personal trainer, and I think that was podcast six... And he, he said, morning. I mean, you listened yeah, to it, brilliant, yeah. excellent, well done. And then he said exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah. He, he had like, somebody in mind, yeah, right? He when, has, when he was yeah, when he's talking, yeah. And, and But yeah. he picks up other customers and, too. And that, that was one thing as well, even, even when I was working in Kimberly Clark, you know, we had our design target, knowing that, you know, we did a cementation of our market, you know, with, with all the different funny names that you put mm. to your different segments and all mm. that. 
uh, and you were designing for somebody very specific and in that in that target you would do your persona as well within that and, and be even more specific and you were thinking about you wouldn't put them a name, you know, oh, Susie, that's, uh, you know, yeah. an easy goer or something like that, yes, you know. Yes. The, and uh, But then you would attract people from across the, the rest because mm. they, they, you try to let them aspirational as well, you know, those, mm. those personas, you know, somebody that, other people that maybe they're... That's true. Uh, so think, think about Red Bull, for example. Yeah. You know, Red Bull uh, talks about adventure and jumping out of a balloon uh, yeah. a million miles uh, on the top of the yeah. stratosphere, yeah. 90% of, of the drinkers are couch potatoes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> but, you know, they, they, they have this aspirational idea yeah. of building Felix Baumgartner yeah. and going up in a balloon and all yeah. that. And that's brilliant marketing. So, so, you know, maybe what I would say for the listeners is try to be, to talk to that one person very specifically, to that adventurer, to that explorer, for example. But then, you know, knowing that you will pick up the catch potatoes as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's really But, you know, example. if you were talking to the catch potatoes directly, you would lose a lot of the market. Nobody likes to <laughs> identify themselves as a, you know, a fat middle-aged man eating Doritos while yeah. watching you know, crap TV. So, so you know, uh, yeah, that, reality that's the idea. TV. Yes, very good. Yes, very good point. I like that. And then you produce the um, a podcast with. I'm going to call them the two Tims. They are two Tims in <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. called innovative leaders. Yeah. So how uh, how did that come about, and how does that help with? Um, does it help with generating work? And like, how do you use it as a tool? In so basically, you know, I was one of my ideas when I niched down to um, doing just crowdfunding was to, to put out there a podcast about crowdfunding. Mm. And I was just procrastinating and procrastinating and procrastinating. You know, but, but I, I did, uh, you know, I've got these, I used to go to this uh, networking event every other week called Trusted Contacts. Um, and I just shared the idea with a couple of guys that were there, Tim and Tim. Um, and they said, yeah, I've been always thinking about doing a podcast as well. Yeah. And I thought my way out of that procrastination was, you know, just start it with them. You know, just yeah. start, explore about how to, you know, produce a podcast, how to upload it, how to host it, how to everything, you know, all the things around the podcast. And at least I would have a footprint for then when I eventually do my crowdfunding podcast, then I'll have something to base on and I'll know about statistics and know about how to produce and everything else, you know. So so it's been quite quite in- interesting, you know. Already, you know, we, we are 30-odd episodes up and we based everything on interviewing people that we thought were interesting for one reason or another. And you've been a guest, so thank yep. you very much. No worries, uh, thanks Your, your episode is going to come <laughs> up soon. Uh, but, you, you know, people in our network, you know, that we thought, you know, that they have something to say, really. Um, and it's incredible how you start digging into people. You find these nuggets of things that, you yeah. know, everybody, you know, even the dullest person. If, if you have... <laughs> I haven't had any dull guests. <laughs> but anyway, the dullest person. <laughs> if you have 30 minutes ahead of you to start probing and asking questions to them, they'll oh. come up with something that will blow your mind. Everybody. Oh, yes, definitely. I don't... Every single episode I've recorded, I've always managed to get at least one nugget yeah. of information. Um, and if anything, it's good motivator to keep me going. Absolutely. Um, yes, because it's, 
it's quite hard managing yourself and get trying to get work for yourself. Yeah, but it's, it's a great way to get your mm. voice across as well, isn't it? I mean, we are three co-hosts, so in, in our case, you know, it, it's a bit more difficult, you know, because in, in here you have the luxury that mm. it's only you and mm. people will get used to the voice mm. and all that. With us, it's a bit more difficult, that. But at least, you know, as a kind of... Um, Lean startup approach, you know, MVP for a podcast and all that, it works. So, yeah. Yeah. so you know, it's another thing that I can tap onto when I, when I really want to do something slightly more serious. And, yeah. and it's, it's going to come eventually when I have a bit more time. But Yeah, because <laughs> I've already got some kind of email subscription as well. That's and, good, that's good, like, well done. I, I'm starting to learn a bit more about the other two teams. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so I think it's yeah, I think it's a good way of networking. Yeah. Um we all we, we also one thing I would recommend as well for you as well is to invite somebody to interview you in your podcast. Because yeah. we have the luxury of being three co hosts, three episodes where, you know, the other two interviewing yes. me and then we did yeah. for the other two. So so you know, as a host of the podcast maybe people will be interested in what you do a bit yeah. more and knowing a bit more so maybe yes if people could um yeah <laughs> people somehow let us know i found out that um people can leave voice messages for me and then i could add them to the show oh, do you have cool. like yeah, have yeah, you heard yeah. of this yeah I've, I've done it in the past to to, to leave a voice yeah. message on somebody else's podcast you yeah. know and and, and and it's quite quite cool when you hear yes, your voice exactly. and then somebody else's that you look up to yeah um so, but but yeah, it's a functionality that that we might might introduce. You know, I think for for us, the turning point is when we have fifty two interviews when mm. we've done a year because we appear weekly. Um, so so then then I think it's going to be the time. You know, in the lead up to that fifty second yes. episode, plan a bit that fifty second episode, and then go like, okay, this is yeah. where we're going now. Now we know what we're mm. doing. We we getting much better on the interviews and you've noticed that you'll, you'll get much better in the interviews with, with the more episodes uh, that, that you, and it will feel less stilted and yes. less um, forced but you know and then you know just plan the future and then make something with that you know we've got a small community but hey you know we have some listens and we yeah. have some and it, it's a great but experience but you're saying it's only 30 episodes is yeah. it 30 episodes so 32 I think 32 now, yeah. so then yeah, your community, it doesn't matter if it's small no, because it really it's, it's a snow, snowball effect, but also it's a community of like-minded people. Yeah. So I really, I really like one guy that has a hashtag, no small creator. Okay. Um, Cody Wonma, he's called. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you if you want okay. to put yeah. it in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, I do, yeah. But basically, I think... Well, at least a while ago, the, the, the tweet that he had pinned at the top of his yep. uh, Twitter feed yep. was this one that was showing his views on on YouTube. He yep. was creating a, a, a video every day, um, and his views were dismal. You know, he was having 50 views for each one of his episodes and all that. And all of a sudden, you see this massive spike, you know, going through the roof. Basically, what happened, he was... Somebody picked up on, on his on, on his videos, liked them, and invited them on their channel. And then that cross-pollination just shot him through the roof in terms of subscriptions, in terms of views, in terms of everything. And now he's making a living of his YouTube channel. Oh, and his hashtag is no small creator. Oh. And I truly believe in that. You know, it really resonated with me. Just keep turning up, keep creating regular content, even if, you know, only your mom and your sister... Reads it, yeah. But eventually, you have that massive body of content that you'll be able to share. That somebody might yeah. pick up, 
and say, wow, I really like what Tuna's doing, you know. Invite mm. you on a podcast or invite you on a YouTube channel and then boom. You yeah, know, it really feeds the binge nature. Absolutely, so yeah. I, I found that when I found podcasts that I like to listen to, as soon as I like them, I just listen to all of them From all at episode once. episode number one. And yeah. <laughs> but it, it's amazing how you see, you know, you, you probably arrive at episode 200, you know, mm. and you go back to episode one and they were rubbish. <laughs> they were quite... Quite, you know, but everyone has on to a start cringy, somewhere, exactly on a cringy level almost. Yes. But everybody that has to start yes. somewhere. So, so my my message for the audience would be: if you're thinking of doing a podcast, just do it. Yes. Just do it now. Don't, don't, don't overthink it. Just go and throw yourself yes. at the deep end, and you learn so much. I agree. And you'll get so much better very quickly. Mm. That it's really worth it. Yes, and you never know who's out there that exactly. who who has the same interests as you. Yes. Okay. Cool. What was that question you thought of earlier? What did you want to talk about when we were talking no, about I mean, crowdfunding? I mean, just just looking at the future, you know, and how I see it, you know. Yes. Um, I mean, what do you think of the future? Well, for me as a freelancer doing crowdfunding, still now even niching down, I, I go through those all-famous feast and famine cycles. You know, I'm slightly on the farming side of it right now as we speak. But, you know, a month ago, I thought it was, I was the business, you know. So, <laughs> so you know, don't despair. Um, and to, to smooth those peaks and drops, almost, if you want, what I think that it'd be really good for me to do is something that I can rely on, a, a monthly income almost, you know. And one way of doing it, as I was mentioning before, um, I've been creating those courses in Spanish for my, this, this friend of mine uh, in Barcelona that has an academy for crowdfunding, I've got the content now. It's quite easy for me to translate them to English. Mm. Throw it out there for a very small subscription fee, maybe 10, 15 quid a month. You can come to my academy and learn about crowdfunding. And even if, you know, initially I've got 10 people um, subscriptions, you know, that's 150 quid a month that I can rely on and I can, you know, uh, count on, you know. And and from there grow, you know, mm. it, it's going to, as everything, you know, you need to keep on turning on and create and all that. And perhaps I've got one of those big moments of, you know, somebody mentioned to me on, on, on an accelerator or something yeah. and all of a sudden got three new three new, thirty new new subscribers in my in my membership side, you know. So I, I am a big believer on those well, membership sites everybody's more used now to yes. pay for subscriptions, yeah. Spotify, Netflix, you name it. You Audible. Know, Audible and even Patreon, yeah. you know, which is by the way another form of crowdfunding. Um, so basically creators on YouTube or creators that have their podcast or even blogs or whatever that is, you know, um, they can say, look, the content's for free on my YouTube channel, come in whenever you want and, and watch this. But if you want to help me out, you can go to Patreon and pay an amount a month that will give you extras, you know, so for example, behind the scenes sometimes people okay. do. People do, you know, for example, my yeah. subscribers on Patreon will get to choose my next song that I cover on, on, on my music YouTube mm. channel or whatever. Um, things like that. Some perks, depending on the level of, of, of subscription. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, it's another... In reality, it's nothing else on yeah. the membership side, but it's, it's just copying the Spotify or Netflix yeah. subscription for your own channel or for your yeah. own you know, YouTube channel okay. or... So, so, you know, I've, I've been also as part of my crowdfunding consultant um, role helping some creators on pa Patreon 
but because you know some of the principles apply as well come across from you know from the normal rewards base or the normal equity base um, crowdfunding campaigns into those kind of recurrent rewards based sort of campaign of campaigns like like Patreon. So so yeah, I'm a big believer on that. So so going back to your question, yes, it's just looking at that kind of smoothing over those yes. pigs and drops uh, by productizing some of the things I do anyway. Um, and you know, one of the things I've learned is that any type of content you can repurpose it in many ways. So yes, definitely. Yeah. Maybe if you've done a course, then you can take nuggets of that course and do a free blog post, for example, mm. or maybe talk about it on your podcast, or even I doubled a bit on, you know, doing short videos on Instagram, talking mm. about ideas around crowdfunding, so things like that, you know. Yeah. So, so, so think very cleverly about how, okay, now I've done a course on branding applied to crowdfunding, mm. where else can I apply it, where else can I repurpose yes. what I've researched, what yeah. I've done with such and such client, and you know, um, and it's make great because you're positioning yourself as well as the expert um, exactly. to help with crowdfunding exactly. um, campaigns. Oh, excellent, brilliant! So, I think I think we've covered so much, and um, yeah, I think you're like my go-to person if I have a <laughs> podcast question. So, uh, thank you so much well, for actually, your help. You and say time. that, but I really want to learn about the statistics. Yeah. Oh, yeah so. <laughs> As soon I'm, as we switch off yes. this, I'm going to... Because I'm obsessed with data, yeah. <laughs> I will help you with your analytics. Brilliant. So thank you so much, Adrea. Thank you. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share with others and rate on iTunes. I would love to hear from you, whether it's... Uh, feedback or if you've got any ideas for guests or anyone you think would be good on the show let me know you can email me on podcast at digitalseamstress.co.uk you can also follow me on instagram at the handle at we make it work underscore you can also search for us on linkedin uh, with we make it work podcast i also have another feature where you can leave an audio message for me, which I can then include in the show. I would love for you to take part in the show in this way. So to do that, you need to go to anchor.fm slash we make it work with dashes in between the words we make it work forward slash message. So just to clarify, I'll spell out the whole URL. It's uh, anchor.fm forward slash we dash make dash it dash work forward slash message and that they'll be in the show notes anyway the url and uh thank you for listening and bye